let's get it together, baby. Get out, get out, get out, get it together, baby. Get out, get it together, baby.
Welcome along to the Wawa 45's radio show right here on D59B Berlin, Belgrade and as always beyond. And it's a uh, very special show this month. I'm a little bit emotional. It's um, a celebration of uh, a band that um, someone recently, well, someone recently described this band as the quintessential Wawa 45's band. I think it might have been me. Was it you? (laughs) (laughs) That makes a lot of sense. Um, it's a band called Talc. Uh, if you're not aware of them, that was what you just heard is the first single that we released way back in uh, 2005, or the six, 2005 or six, something like that. Um, a tune entitled "Modern Sleepover." Uh, for me, an all-time Wawa 45s classic. And I'm joined in the studio in the Wawa Disco Pod by Mr. James Knight, who um, is one half of said band. Talc. I am. How Hello, you doing, everyone. sir? Very well, well, thanks. Yeah, I'm very well. Yeah. Excellent. Thank you so much for coming in. You're welcome. Um, as I said, it is an emotional one for me. Talc has meant a lot to me, as, as, as I know it has you. But, Absolutely. Um, <laughs> obviously. Um, and uh, has always held a very special place in my heart, having a, a penchant for what people lazily refer to as blue-eyed soul mm. or yacht rock mm. or all that kind of stuff. All and, of the things, um, yeah. All of those, all those lovely things. Um, now, I first heard Modern Sleepover uh, via a very good friend of mine who's also in the studio with me today. Um, he's just, he's I'm, just I'm, getting I'm just up. Kinda, I'm, I'm fingering him from behind, which <laughs> which has come out incredibly badly. I didn't mean I was fingering him from behind. That's a different show. But uh, he's, he's called Mr. Robert Clayman. How are you doing, Rob? Morning. Yeah, you all right? Yeah, I'm all right. Yeah, good. Afternoon, out. obviously. This is the afternoon. Yes, or the yes. evening, depending. Yes, depending, Streaming. yes. Um, Rob, uh, you first played me Modern Sleepover. I think I seem to remember it was in the flat upstairs from the flat that we were living in. That's true. Yes. Why were we upstairs in a different flat? Well, this is all actually linked to the discovery of uh, said beat combo. Yes, please tell me. Tell me more, because I can't remember. Story. I was so too drunk. I had made friends with a guy over the road from me called Sean Hargreaves. Right. Oh, yes. Vague memory. A cello uh, prodigy who decided at the age of 15 that he really wanted to be Herbie Hancock. And, and kind of achieved it as well mm. and um we'd met as neighbors and then he said to me uh ah would you like to form a steely dan covers band right i went yeah all right <laughs> so uh we were basically doing that and the chap upstairs from me jamie dixon who's now editor of guitarist magazine good for freebies um he basically was our lead guitarist so we had this kind of like neighborly rehearsal situation which wasn't actually going hugely well because mm. actually Sean was busy doing about a hundred different things as well. And in the middle of that, I kind of got him to do, um, I was working at an ad agency. We had a summer or a Christmas party. We put a band together and went, ah, oh, my, my, my friend Jim is the uh, best sax player in Britain. I was like, all right, okay, we'll get him in. <laughs> and, uh, and, and he was. And in the middle of that, somehow we started talking about other stuff. And then I was making other commercials. And then Jim was doing stuff, uh, was it Burger King? 
did do I did do that for yeah, you. Yeah, because you were Burger a King creative, for right? me, yeah, yeah, which right. was um, uh, meaty. And uh, in the middle of that, he goes, oh, this is our... It was in his studio, and yeah. he was just like, do you want to look at the little demo? And I was like, yeah, all right. And I took it home, and I was like, oh, oh, this is something. <laughs> which is why I played it to you. That's yes. the end of my story. And uh, I, did, I did fall on the floor. You did? In, in, it was a messy in, floor as well. Yes. Sorry, Jamie, but it yes, was. In kind of a rapture. And then I think we, we, we went to see you at the um, Half Moon in Putney. I think me and Rob went down. I was trying to remember those. Like those so the very first gig ever was at Dingwalls, as was. But yeah, we only, I didn't, we I didn't played go to for that. like, I think we played two tunes or something. Right. I can't remember. Um, and then... And then you fell over. Uh, absolutely, yeah. like most of the time. And then I can't, and then it's a bit of a blur, really. So it might well have been the half moon. Oh, I'm telling you it was. Oh, okay, Rob, good. Rob, do you not so remember? It was the half moon in Putney. And they and they came on stage and they had all their outfits on. I mean, it's that, it was that little back room, wasn't it? Was Simon moon, right? Lee drumming with you at that point? It wasn't no. Bob. Was Bob was Bob on kit? Dave Dave Ruffy was playing with us for a bit at the start, so it might have been Dave. Um, I mean, it's real. The live thing is quite a hard thing to remember because literally there was we had maybe fifty musicians mm. that played with us. So what at we any should what we moment. should explain for people for the few people who don't know the ins and outs of Talc, yeah, which is, which is everyone, pretty much everyone. Um, <laughs> Talc, in terms of what we hear on the records. Uh, was you and Nickel. You yeah. and Nickel Thompson. The first record was just the two of us yeah. played everything. Playing every single instrument because and, then, and we should explain this as well because mm. you are, as Rob um, said earlier, the greatest saxophone player in Britain. Mm, um, sure. You are <laughs> you and Sean you, said that. <laughs> you you and Nickel um were session oh, still are session musicians. Yeah, right. Exactly. And obviously you know a lot of other session musicians, but also you yeah. play a lot of instruments between you, right? Yes. And you and you pretended to do vocals as well. You pretended that you were vocalists. We pretended I that remember, we were vocalists. You know, we yes. thought that would be funny as yes, well. But basically, yes. with, I think when, when we started doing it, it was more about uh, just seeing if we could get away with not having anyone else on it on the record. I mean. Yeah. Um, and just, just well, that was definitely not financially. <laughs> there was no financial incentive of any kind. Uh, just to see if we could actually do it or not. Mm. Uh, and it sort of worked all right, so we kept going. And as people hear the lyric, I mean, there's a, we've talked about the Steely Dan aspect and the blue-eyed soul thing, but there's also um, a very important lyrical aspect to it, the, the humour that's involved in it, right? Which, sure. you know, is obviously evident in Modern Sleepover, but even more so in some other utterly ridiculous tracks. They are which we'll, silly, which yes. we'll probably play as well. Um, and where did that come from? Uh, just the inside of my brain. Okay. <laughs> I think... Uh, in I terms think of the, your relationship with Nickel at the time, how, how was it influenced so by So it was... It, the whole thing really was just about uh, making each other laugh, I think. Yeah. Was the, was the main thing. But making the music so good yeah. that it would still stand up. So it wasn't like, you know... Um, what's a good comedy band, Rob? Well, I'd say... It's Bonzo Dog well, yeah, Doodle Band. Bonzo Dog Doodle Band. But right, so okay. Yeah. as well. Yeah, so it's mm. more ridiculous. And, and I think if you dig in on them... A bit. There's definitely they have substance, but um, even though they are ridiculous, mm. I, I still kind of stand by that. Um, but yeah, it's kind of yeah, it was mainly out of out of just wanting to make each other laugh. I think. As much yeah. As well, I mean, for me, it was it was it was so refreshing for me, right? And so exciting for me. Mm. I've I've you know I have a problem with with being earnest. <laughs> generally you know and you should, I, I, I don't think it's important um and um and uh you know to make the level of 
quality of music that, that you've made as talc but with that with that sense of humour as well for me it was just like an utter, utter dream is it too late to invoke the Baron Knights at this point <laughs> <laughs> yes that was kind of what I was thinking of because it's like if you do like proper Bob music, always looked like he should be in the uh, Baron Knights <laughs> I let him know yeah, yeah thanks um, <laughs> be out so we should say Bobby Fame uh, was uh, the drummer in the live band most of the time and that's your brother right yes he is still my brother yeah and uh, as you are the greatest saxophone uh, player in Britain he was the yeah the greatest fifth greatest drummer in Britain right? something like yeah. I remember what it was announced as but it was usually yeah. something along those lines yeah. much to his chagrin I think yes <laughs> let's get into another song otherwise we're hardly going to hear any um, so for the next hour and a half or so we're going to um, be listening to just music from Talc great over the two albums and the other little bits and bobs that we've done and the other reason that we are here of course is because um, we have just released what is effectively Talc's final piece of music it's the swan song yes we'll get to it later but it's just come out on vinyl it's just sold out on vinyl whenever and everywhere so we're looking to repress it um, there's some remixes by The Reflex it's a beautiful thing artwork by Matchetch but we will um, talk about that a little bit later on but now let's play another track from the first album mm. which we released we think in about 2006 um, the album was called Sit Down Sit Think Sit Down Think yes and has a lovely uh, cover of you two sitting on a bench yeah. with your backs to the camera yeah. and your bowler hats what was the bowler hat thing all about? Just was uh, it's just a great hat to have, isn't it? Gentlemanly yeah. and suggests a level of uh, seriousness that actually wasn't yes. actually wasn't present. Basically. So we should say that the band as well used to dress up in um, different outfits. I mean, at the beginning, I think it was very fancy dress, wasn't it? Everyone was in very it. fancy dress. And yeah. We always had a horn section in drag, in drag which I yeah. really that continued yeah. almost to the end, which I loved. Yeah, that was pretty. Yeah, great. It still absolutely. goes on, just not on the stage. Oh right, yeah. Yeah, yeah, just, just in different <laughs> bands. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, totally. So there'd be like a ninja. Be like uh, yeah. Blanche and and, and then yeah. uh, Bobby, professional tennis player. Bobby was the tennis player, wasn't he? Often, often yeah. yeah. And then you two would be in your bowler hats and, and bowler hats, and pinstripe suits, pinstripe suits. Yeah. Um, and uh, yeah, just to let people know that that's yeah, that's yeah, how it, that's how it was. That image in you'll, your you'll mind. never you'll never see it again. No, but uh, that's how it was for yeah, the lucky few of us who, well, a lot of us at some some points. You played the ICA in all kinds of places, right? Oh, yeah, I forgot about that. Uh, but let's play another track off the um, off the uh, off the first album. This is a track called Please 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 Me. Do you want to just give us a little... So this song was um, just written about my, I think a girlfriend at the time and just saying, look, don't go to work, just stay at home with me instead. Yeah. And it's just, it's it's kind of a love song really. Um, and she absolutely didn't get it at all. It's a, it's a beautiful, it's one of my one of my favourite talc ta- songs. I think, it's, I think it's got, it's definitely got something, but yeah, no, it's it was wasted. Uh, it was completely wasted on it, but that's okay. We're not together. It's We're fine. not worried about her. No, it's it's te- it's tender and 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 still amusing, and it's and it also references Natasha Kopinski, which does. I'm sure a lot of people don't remember who she was. Now is she still on TV? I don't no, know. Not really. No, no. she was retired by she her re- richer husband. Oh, okay, no. okay. We'll never know what she actually aged into. <laughs> so let's listen to please, please, please me. Except Natasha could play 
Shh. <laughs> <laughs> I was just recreating the end of that. Yeah, thanks for that. I wasn't thanks. saying be quiet, Dom. Thanks, mate. <laughs> but, you know, if you wouldn't mind being quiet, that would be excellent. It's going to be an interesting interview. Okay, sure. Sure. Um, so, uh, seen anything good? <laughs> <laughs> Um, so that was uh, Talc, of course, as all the songs are, more or less, for this uh, next hour and a half. Mm. We might have Maybe one that's under a different name. But um, Jim's thinking, what can that be? He's going to remember in a second. Um, and uh, a tune entitled Dad's Tired, which you which you wrote um, before you were a father? Or, or when you were a father? Um. Yeah, before I was a biological father. Before, before you were a biological father, yes. Yeah. And, and has it got anything to do with being a biologi- biological father? Not really. No. So tell us about this tune, because I think a lot of people misinterpret this tune, don't yeah, they? Yeah, they do. So um, this tune came about, uh, we were out, I can't remember how many of us, but a group of us were out having a curry, and there was um, a table of two, just two couples, probably in their thir- mid-30s, mm. and we were in our sort of 20s at that time. And one of the um, guys halfway through the curry just put his cutlery down and put his head on the table and just fell asleep. And the rest of the party just (laughs) carried on like nothing was happening. And at that point, I was like, shh, dad's tired. (laughs) So the title came from that, which was brilliant. Um, And the the actual story is just about, um, yeah, wife swapping in suburban... (laughs) Uh, in a suburban area, pampas grass, etc. Although I don't mention pampas grass. I mean, did you imagine that's why Dad was so tired? It, that's exactly it. Yes. It's all there. Yes. He's, yeah, all he's there. not really into it. Yeah, this right. This guy, okay. bless him. Like he's okay. like, oh no, car keys in a bowl, which is like uh, that classic seventies mm. wife swapping vibe. What you're going to mm. get? You're going to get a Granada, or you know, that, <laughs> and that's what happens. And yeah, he's Phantom just flower, if you're lucky, if you're really lucky, something with some sort of rouged uh, leather. But no. I mean, a lot of your source material, a lot of yours kind of influences seem to come from a, a, a time where you were a small child, really, right? Yeah, it's, it's very... Sim- I mean, you are. because I think the sound of the records is so 70s. Yeah, sure. So, so but you talk, about, you talk about stuff in that period like you were a fully there. grown human <laughs> at that time. No, it was like I was born in 74, so no, not yeah. even remotely. Yeah. But I think there is a sort of, through, this, through the lens of nostalgia, but even that, I mean... It, a lot of this like that that doesn't say that wife swapping's fun does it it's just no. pretty awful can I, can I in reality oh yeah absolutely sure. come, come in Rob come, come in, come in, come in closer speaking, I think what you're doing is is the lushness of, of the music in terms of that kind of really you know American I mean we'll say like west coast kind of sound yeah, yeah. And juxtaposing that really with just like Mike Lee esque scenarios, yeah, very really English awkwardness. Band. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But, but I think I think there's a lot of sort of Ian Jury in there as well, lyrically speaking. Mm. Like certainly like a massive influence. And I mean, he was like a massive Steely Dan head and was mm, really yeah, into that sound as well. Although of course it manifested itself in the in the sound of the Blockers, who were also ridiculous and absolutely love them. Mm. Um, and you were allowed to kind of I always thought with lyrically or song-wise, you're allowed to just write write actual songs about actual things that are interesting. You don't have to just go, oh, baby, look at that lovely hair. <laughs> it smells so nice. Stop running well, through that, that well, meadow that, you're putting that me does, off. You make it sound like one of your lyrics, actually. Yeah, I know, <laughs> you right, you yeah. do it. I thought you were in between My Lovely Horse, actually. <laughs> <laughs> no, but the, 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 the core of, of irony in terms of that tension, that's the thing. Ironic tension is really important mm. in terms of going... The, these lyrics, and that is the Steely Dan yeah. recipe as yeah. well. These, yeah. these beautifully articulated, har, you know, harmonies and jazz chords with these utterly dark. Yeah, which creates a kind of awkwardness. 
and which yeah, is that point you know, of interest with them is that, that kind of New York East Coast awkwardness and, and here this kind of London British awkwardness you know of not knowing how to behave I think yeah there's obviously we were massive uh, massive Dan heads but also I I never found their lyrics like that funny if I'm totally honest they're not like, funny but they're they're, they're, I mean, they're brilliant yeah, they're, yeah. and it's and it's there's a there's wittiness in there yeah wittiness, but I think we, yeah. I think ours is a bit more every man because I'm definitely not as intelligent as them so I mean you've just, just you've you know, just you've just criticized Dan's lyrics so Rob obviously <laughs> needs to speak <laughs> like could just repost <laughs> Fagan and Becker no I think I think uh, everyone's gone to the movies may well be the funniest song ever but that's because it's a Sesame Street song about pedophilia so <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't get more dark no, I mean yeah it doesn't it doesn't, it doesn't get any funnier than that does yeah. it I just tended to, just to shy away from that subject personally. <laughs> okay, so let's uh, before let's go on to something a little bit uh, easier. Um, before we heard, before that we heard uh, Sorry, nightclub. Say, it's not really about Peter. <laughs> yes, okay. It's about um, a dirty man. I think we'll just we'll just stop. Um, uh, before that we heard uh, nightclub, which um, features, uh, which again is a very kind of I think you you, you evoke a very kind of seventies kind of nightclub. Maybe carpet on the floor. Carpet on the that, floor. That kind of Although stuff, I did grow you know. up in the north, so oh, yeah, okay, so similar, you know, yeah, similar vibes. <laughs> <laughs> um, and there's a lot of vocoder in that, right? And yes. the vocoder is something that we need to touch upon, as Rob pointed out earlier. We do. Um, it's something that that features quite heavily uh, throughout the albums. Yes. And it's Nickel who was using the vo- vocoder throughout. Is that right? Um, on a um, on a, va- well? a lot of it, definitely. Yeah. Um, Modern Sleepover is the the sort of opening part of Modern Sleepover is me. Oh, is the it? Middle and the I end. The sort that. of more chatty oh. bit is me. Okay. Um, yeah, we um, we bought that when they were afford like you could actually afford them. Right. And it was still quite a lot of money. Yeah. Uh, I think it was six hundred pounds. I think they're about f- six yeah. grand now. Right. Um, wow. Are they? And it was a yes, a nineteen seventy eight. I think Roland VP three thirty for your synth fans out there, <laughs> um, which also has a built in string machine, which you can hear on a lot of stuff as well. It's the same keyboard. Right. right. Uh, and yeah, it's. Uh, it's just such an incredible sound, like yeah. it's it, ridiculous. And having an original one of those just was at that at that time in the sort of in the noughties, you, the plug-ins thing was just wasn't even close to sounding like that. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. also having something that you touch is very visceral, and there were filters on it, and yeah, it's just a really cool bit of kit. And so we crowbarred it in as much as possible. Amazing. And were you a fan of like Zap and stuff? And, and massively, and, yeah. I mean, computer love. Yeah. Just Obviously, there's a lot of <laughs> similarities with Modern Sleepover. Yeah. Yeah, yeah the big fans of all of that, yeah. uh, of all of that stuff. Yeah, without a doubt, it's okay. just such a great sound. Like yeah, as soon as you hear it, you're like, oh yeah, I like this. It's great. But I'll listen to this now. Well, we're going to stick with the first album just for a little bit longer. Sure. Um, I've selected Cheese Dreams. Good choice. And it kind of speaks for itself. This one doesn't it? A really? little bit, yeah. But some of the some of the absolutely most because as as you can with a song about Cheese Dreams, the, some of the absolutely most bonkers lyrics on this one out of all your tracks, I think. Yeah, I just haven't listened to this for a while. Let's remind. Do, ourselves. do you remember any of the dreams? Um, no, I mean like the lyrics of the dream. <laughs> yeah, <you're laughs> not the actual, not <laughs> the actual dream. Let's not go there. I was really weird last night again. Um, Andy Steph, the mushrooms. I can't remember. Can I remember any of them directly? No. No. Well, let's just hear it. Anyway. But it'll all come flooding back. Of 
Voyage of Joy Code with a friend 14 kinds of curtains How will it end? Cheese dreams These are cheese dreams We have Cheese dreams These are cheese dreams We have A giant Lego boat Sailing on the sea or Lego moats Coin operated machines, they give a bad deal
Yay! Just recreating the end of the record. <laughs> snack time. <laughs> Does someone say snack time? They yeah. do, don't they? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> so that was uh, Talc, of course, with the uh, Garden of Dance. Talc special, everyone. Talc special right here on D59B Berlin, Belgrade and beyond as I have to say every now and then um, and uh, before let's go back before that we um, listened to Cheese Dreams we did. which we said did speak for itself you couldn't remember any of the dreams but you reminded yourself of them no, listening to that I did yes, yes. There was one I'm not sure any of them were real <laughs> there was one of them in particular we, we thought we might discuss sure uh, which involved children's hair Yes, so that one, that came from um, when I was, I went to music school in Manchester when I was 16, school to uh, Cheatham's, and we found, um, outside of hairdressers, we found three bin bags of human hair, and we bet a friend of mine that he wouldn't eat a hair sandwich, uh, so we, we bought a loaf of bread. <laughs> Uh, How anyway, much did you I, bet him? Well, I've got a feeling we might have forced him. I don't want to go too deep into what happened there. It was a <laughs> long time ago. Um, but yeah, we made a, a hair sandwich. So and that's he, he where that it. came from. He did eat it and uh, hilarity ensued. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, but that's where that that's where that line from I came from. I, that, yeah, I don't even know how. It, yeah, anyway, there you go. Oh dear. That's how it works, everyone. And then after that, we just heard uh, Garden of Dance. Garden of Dance. All-time fave as well. Absolutely. Garden of Dance, and if you're from Garden the Garden of Dance, yes. yes. Um, it's funny, my son sort of says dance and dance at different times, depending on how he's feeling. Good for him. North and south. I like, a, I like an accent like yeah. that. Yeah, yeah, no, me. it's good, isn't it? Yeah, yeah right. Um, anyway, we love that one so much that we put it out on a 12-inch single. And it went ever so well. Well, we saw, I think we sold all our vinyl with any, anything we ever did with you. Yeah, pretty and much. We're, we're, yeah. we're continuing that theme as well right now. These yeah, days. it's good, isn't it? It's good, yeah. yeah. So Garden of Dance, um, obviously mm. a bit more of a disco-y thing. Very much so. Mm. Are you just telling me there's, there's no trumpets at all? Not on the first on that, album, on no. On the first album, which no. is insane. So it's lots of, um, lots of uh, very multi-track saxophones and trombones um, mm. played very high. And yeah, we just... It didn't need it. It had a sound to it, uh, so we kept it. Which is, I mean, a lot of James, some James Brown stuff. There's no trumpet, you know. Mm. Um, but obviously, it's not. Doesn't sound like that. It sounds more like Earth, Wind, and Fire, which obviously had loads of trumpet. But it, I love yeah. the fact you're just comparing yourself to James. But, oh, no, 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 James not at all. Any trumpet <laughs> just either. Straight up horn section only. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing else. Um, yeah, it was, um, and it, and it continued the belligerent theme of not having anyone else on the album, mm. which was in hindsight probably a bit ridiculous but actually does make that album sound the way it does and the second one sounds different because we did have other people on it so you and know. but there is another man who was quite important in um making the album yes. sound the way it did on both albums yes yes um and he was called magic jeff magic jeff tell us yes. about magic jeff so magic jeff matt kemp is um a engineer from one of the kemp brothers no not one of the kemp brothers actually oh well maybe but <laughs> not those kemp are, brothers no, he's kemp adjacent <laughs> kemp adjacent <laughs> And Matt was Matt sort of came. I was, we, talking, we about Ross, I was talking about Ross Kemp, obviously. Those brothers, oh, yeah. I wasn't thinking about him. <laughs> um, he he came along because we needed someone to mix it. And, and the way that the, these both of these records were recorded, they were recorded in my studio in Ealing, which was half chips, half rice, half analog, half digital, as a lot of things are uh, still. But at that time, so that was on everything was mixed on an old Amec desk, but it was submixed inside the computer. I engineered all the recordings and Matt would come in and just make it sound amazing. Like, he's an incredible engineer. Mm, uh, mm. As, and they, they still sound the way they sound because of him. Like, his mixing is... I, could, I might be able to get close to that now. Mm. I wouldn't have been able to get close to it then at all. It would have sounded awful. Mm. You know? and I just didn't have the patience either. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. he would just... He'd do two in a day. So all these tracks 
on both albums, they were mixed, he'd mixed two completely in a day. And because it was on an analog board, once the mix was complete, we would then bounce that down onto DAT tape. Remember those kids? And, oh, yes. Uh, and then that was gone forever because we start right. the next mix. Right. And wow. that was it. No wow. recall because it was an. It was. You've got a, no multi tracks at all. No none. Wow. Oh, wow. Nothing. That's this is this is it. You know that's all there is. Yeah. Uh, and so we would get to half the day. We put down this mix. We would be happy with it. We do a vocal up, vocal down. Then the board would get zeroed, and then we'd start the next track. Okay. And that was it. Wow. And so you're Amazing. never ever going to get it back. No. Like not in a million years. Incredible. So it's kind of I kind of like. Oh, that I love though. it. I love it. Yeah. Absolutely. It's like a snapshot in time. There's no going back and going. Well, maybe we could, uh, you know, get the remasters. Like, no, can't do anything. You can add spoons. Yeah, you can add some stuff on the top. You yeah. can add more stuff. Add yeah. more things. Yeah. Um, and uh, so it's Matt Kemp, and yeah. you gave him the moniker Magic Jeff. I, I almost think maybe you already had that. I'm not sure. Right. Oh, I think, okay. I think maybe, yeah. but monikers were definitely a thing with Intel. Yeah. Right? So I, can you just yeah. run through the different monikers of, of, of who everyone was? So Bob, uh, the my brother who played drums with us like basically the thing was you didn't get paid for playing live with us because there wasn't any money what you did get was a name <laughs> and a massive party well, I must try this more often so, yes. so we basically would hire a van so no one had to drive and then we'd have a massive shindig. But what about all that money I paid you? Yeah, we, that went on other I mean, things. Oh, I see. Um, it, it didn't. It went it's on the. It went on the party afterwards. So we'd have right. a big party afterwards. Yeah. And he's we would, like James Brown. Yes, he's, yeah, he's right. just like James he Brown. Goes to a party. But the yeah. band were invited. The band were always there. Believe me. And uh, yeah, we had so many members over the years. Um, mm. So we had King uh, King Rutt on bass. So that was Jay. Jay. Oh God, that was was that, that early? Was early, yeah. And then, uh, then early and then late. Um, who else did it? Uh, so many different well, players. Blanche, so Nuala Blanche on guitar, yeah. Matt so White. that's Matt White, who's a ridiculous player mm. as well. And then DJ Deirdre on trumpet, yes. Don Glover. Um, and I can't remember. Um, there was a guy called Sea Lord Taxi. He plays saxophone a little bit. Um, and there's just, yeah, there's probably about 45, I think, yeah. members in total. And literally, yeah, you get a name. You weren't allowed to discuss the name. You were just giving it. <laughs> Uh, and, and the outfit, and that the, was it. did the outfit have to kind of work with the name or not? They no, didn't really, did they? Not really. Noir LeBlanc was dressed as a ninja. He was right? dressed as a ninja for just pretty a, much know, all yeah, of yeah. it. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Which, if anything, I think he was dressed in black, which is the opposite. Oh, of this see, we oh no, no, it's black. And, black and, yeah. yeah, we must. Re- but sim- simply yeah. Jeers was pretty much the store. Simply Jeers, I forgot sim- about was simply the store Jeers. So uh, James James Thorpe was he was there right from the start and was did every gig with us. Amazing. Yeah, guitar. Oh, that's right. Yeah, brilliant. He was brilliant, man. Um, so that was great. And then oh, we had Vujar Dave. Vujar Dave, yeah, who's yes. M- Mike Outram, who's like one of the greatest jazz guitarists alive. Um, yeah, I mean, it just go, yeah, kind of goes on and, and on. And the gigs, and on, we're going to really. try and we're going to try and um, give you. Um, hopefully, we've already played it actually at the beginning of the show. If, we'll if we can it. find it, um, an intro. The so when the band came on, uh, with, before they came on, I would I would often play an intro off a CD. A CDJ um, from the DJ booth, which had usually your voice, Jim, wasn't it? Yeah, um, it was a bit, int- of, a bit of both of us, and we would yeah. usually write a little bit of music or maybe use yeah. a bit of music that was yeah. Um, yeah. That, that worked with it. Introduce and every single member. member would come on yeah. to their own little story, yeah, yeah. and then at the end, Nicola and I would come on, shake hands, however many times we yeah. could, until without corpsing, and then start yeah. the show. Yeah. So, but it, that was like. We we did those very late at night. Let's just yeah. put it that way, and yeah. they were a lot of fun. You know, doing yeah. those intros. Well, talking of monikers and pseudonyms, we actually on the on the B side of um, of uh, Garden of Dance, we brought out a tune by essentially you guys, but under a different 
A different pseudonym. Mm. Uh, yeah, a pseudonym, I should say. Man slash boy pseudonym. featuring girl. <laughs> it's the same thing. Um, <laughs> yes. Man, man slash boy featuring girl. Man slash boy featuring girl. Well, what, why did this happen? Why was it not a tout record? Uh, I think because Louise Marshall was singing lead and that didn't sit right. Right. As a tout record, so. Why couldn't it be tout featuring girl? No, because it was man slash boy. <laughs> <laughs> Brilliantly explained. There was no reason. There was no, again, as with many things at that time, there was no reason or rhyme with it at all. I think the other thing was that this this record that you're going to play had like had other people playing on it as well. Mm. I think Matt Cooper, mm. uh, the Dancing Jew, <laughs> he well that's that's his that was his name before we yeah. came along. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, he played. He, what did he play on? I think he played drums on this actually right. I got wow. a feeling he did but I might wow. be wrong he definitely played clavinet yeah. and electric piano yeah. like played Rhodes on it and a few other bits as well um, yeah what a great musician he is he's just got a new album out actually mm. uh, the out, his project Outside have just got a new album out yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it sounds incredible Matt's yeah. incredible Outside have only been going what since oh, Dorado, yeah, like forever. Yeah, they're on, yeah, yeah. They're this, on is, Dorado this, back this is the, the first album for 20 years, and it's yeah. killing. It's, I, I, yeah. he sent me a copy before it came out, and it's yeah, it's brilliant. So, you go and check that out. Great, man. Okay, so let's listen to uh, Man Stroke Boy featuring Smash Boy. Man doesn't stroke boy, are you, <laughs> are you sure? Come he's, on, he's like back there where we were about 15 oh, minutes ago. He doesn't stroke boy, he slashes on him instead. I would say that stroke is, 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 is um, a lot nicer I'm, than slashing. Well, it's nicer this, if, unless you're the boy. <laughs> the sh- show is going, <laughs> yes, I know. It was always going to, wasn't it? <laughs> yes. uh, it's a tune called It's Only Perfect. Oh, it is as well.
Since 2006's sit down think the hit album from the top band Talc, I thought they split up. I was sick through my nose when I found out they were back with a new album, Licensed Premises Lifestyle. Licensed Premises Lifestyle. <laughs> oh, Talc to your stations. What can I get you? I try the beer 
cider or gin or vermouth, our vodka's nice. Let's all begin. You can try to leave, but there's really no way. Life's premises, lifestyle for you from today. This is our life. Do as we please. This is our life. The staff are nice. And wonderful. This is our life. Your fun is your ground. This is our life. It's fun to bond. This is our life. Do as we please. This is. So, chatting, there's chatting on the end of that record. <laughs> album two. Album two. Concept Electric album. Electric Boogaloo. Yeah. Concept album. Concept, Not going to say I regretted album. writing a concept album, 
but I definitely regretted writing a concept album. <laughs> so let's explain the concept that you uh, regretted or didn't regret. Well, I thought it would be really easy because I spent all my free time in pubs to write a concept <laughs> album about a mythical pub, which is like the greatest pub of your dreams. All your free time or just all your time? Uh, yeah, all my time. Yeah. Pretty much. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, it's a fair dig. So let's let's explain this uh, this pub and the album. What's the album called for, for a start? Uh, licensed Premises Lifestyle. Yes. Something that a lot of people still to this day cannot say. Mm. Yes, especially when they've been in the pub for quite a long time. Yeah, that's why I thought it was funny. <laughs> <laughs> and the um, so the, so it, it it's there's a kind of story running through this. Yes. This this well, album. Every single song needed to be really. Not obliquely, but actually just about the experience of being in a pub in, in the UK. Right, okay. That was you. the sort of concept. And at that time, you know, we've got a track called How About That Smoking Band because mm. the smoking band yes. came in during writing like 2008? that 2008? Yeah, or 2007? That sounds about right. 2007? Yeah, 2007. It would have been if you were right. writing it, yeah. Uh, so that was really important because I was a very heavy smoker at that time. I don't right. smoke anymore. Kids don't smoke. All vapors. Yeah, it's ridiculous. Uh, but yes. So that I mean, I remember it was thing. when we were doing Cargo and you were doing shows at Cargo for us at the time. Yes. You had, had been doing them. And then suddenly the whole the whole place just smelt yeah, smelt smelt, smelt bleach sick and fart and sick and, and fart. sick yeah. yeah happy days yeah. memories yeah I don't know if that stopped or we've just kind of we don't notice it's it anymore yeah exactly we are aren't we yeah really yeah. yeah that's exactly what it is I remember the pub one I of the made it worse. one of the pubs <laughs> near me getting like plug in air freshness that smelt of cigarettes mm. just to kind of mask <laughs> the smell of bleach and farts <laughs> make you feel at home. Yeah. so the track we just yeah. heard that was called Wonder Bar I mean mm. you know is it based on one pub in particular like your local or your favourite pub so or? at the start and the end of that track you can hear like the sound of pub which was yes. um, we <laughs> this is pre-mobile phones having like recorders on them or, and we built this uh, head Headset, which was a bike helmet with a massive microphone on the top, <laughs> which we wore to the pub like four times and just press record on this massive recorder. I think actually you probably could have done it on a phone, but it was yes. it just felt utterly ridiculous. Maybe, maybe not then. Yeah, no, yeah. it was this stereo microphone on a bike helmet. <laughs> We're just walking around the pub, and if you listen really hard at the start, you can hear you can hear this bloke who was always in the, in our local complaining about the beer, and he can just hear him going that's flat and that sounds like he's complaining about your music yeah well again yes, fine yes. it works uh, both and ways and the sound of the there's a track called jukebox and I had a jukebox at the time and we recorded the sound of the jukebox which you can absolutely hear mm. uh, as well oh it's like um, Pink Floyd isn't it yeah it was yeah without the money the <laughs> and, on this, and, and, and this second yeah. album did it represent a kind of slightly slight shift in style I mean obviously yeah. still the main talc elements are there so but. The, the main difference was that we invited other people to play on the record mm. again mm. no one got paid everyone just got a name and again to this day I'm still um, what did you do with that 10 grand advance I gave you yeah funny I'm just not going to talk about that right now um, <laughs> but, but the car that we bought exploded yeah right exactly <laughs> my golden hat um, we um, yeah we we had loads of people playing the instruments that we were really bad at so mm. uh, guitars um, and triangle triangle uh, trumpet we had trumpet on this album um, and let's not mention the flugelhorn no the flugelhorn was amazing as well and some of our favourite so like like Steely Dan did we got our very very favourite guitarist yeah. to come in and, and, and solo on stuff but you didn't sack them for not no, no, we didn't do that. So there's, yeah. After um, a million takes. No, I know, it's completely nuts all that, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. uh, so Mike Outram's solo. I was Weirdly, I was talking to one of my, because I, I lectured at Royal Academy in the, in the Guildhall, and we were talking about 
students in the sort of noughties and even now still still transcribing these like the solos, the guitar mm. solos particularly, mm. uh, which is pretty amazing. Matt White soloing on it as well. Mark Cox, who is in James Taylor Quartet, he's got a solo on one as well. Uh, so that so that felt quite different. And also, I think it, it, it the idea was to do the first record and then move up four years. I mean, this is an insane idea mm. to make it sound like it's... And the third record, the, the, which was never... Which didn't happen, would have been like 1980, 81, yeah. that crossover yeah. into yeah. like digital, yeah. but smoother. And yeah. and that was the that was the idea. I'm not quite sure whether, how that would ever have ended. Um, so, but but yeah, so that that was great. And again, everyone was just so giving about doing doing it. They'd, everyone was just... They loved... They, they, well, they certainly appeared to love, love doing it, you know, and... And that's it's pretty amazing when I listen back to it now. All all of my favourite players, you know, as as a kind of uh, of that period are, are all over it. It's great percussion as well. So Carlos Edwards was on it, um, and um, I've done something else as well. I think it's been in a minute. Sorry. Uh, uh, yeah. So all the stuff that we weren't brilliant at at all by any stretch, we got brilliant players in. But you still insisted on having the same vocalist. Same vocalist, same drummer, same bass. <laughs> <laughs> I was never going to give up the drums. Man. <laughs> so let's listen to a couple of tracks from this album. Um, let's release this uh, drum loop out of its misery. Uh, this is the second track on the album. This is a tune entitled Sambuca Chaser. Morning rain 
Before I sleep, a vision comes to me When I open up my eyes, it's all I can see You were there all dressed in white, or maybe mauve or possibly taupe Then I realize you're real, you're the bombing in the anchor and hope Sitting here in Wonder Bar, dreaming my days away I'm drinking to forget all of the good times Wow, that is a big record. Well, it's very expensive. <laughs> there's a lot going on in there, a isn't lot there? Of high budget. That's a random plot. <laughs> <of record. laughs>
Yeah, I think uh, that's by that that stage it was like I think I bought another converter, so we had a full sixteen channels at that point. <laughs> <laughs> the luxury of sixteen channels, um, and yeah, I think we were just trying to recreate those Toto records, you know. Which yes, were probably the most yes. expensive sounding records of all time, pretty much yes. I'd say. But on you know on a on a lemonade money, <laughs> yeah, how, going for gold. How dare you? Although I must point out at this stage that, that these records took an insanely long time to make yeah, because we were doing other things to to make a living. So each record took four, yeah, four years for each record and yeah. there's only 10 tracks on each record or whatever yeah. it is it's not like you know I mean in my experience that's fairly standard with <laughs> my artists yeah, it's, it's so much time, no, but, but it's, what's interesting is how much now albums how many tracks are on mm, albums now mm. that because people are just like going well, well just just throw loads of uh, the proverbial at the wall yeah and yeah. you were still in that classic mould of craft the songs craft the songs yeah you yeah. can hear it yeah yeah absolutely. they went they sort of went they did go through a few stages and there were some that didn't definitely didn't make it although not many i think most of them were just kind of chiseled away at until they kind of made mm. sense you know um but yeah that that one i remember that one just being so we're just laughing so much because it's so over the top uh and, yeah, and it's, it's really about dramatic. some it's gotten terry nutkin's hair mentioned yeah. in it which i mean more important is is sandra was, was sandra a real barmaid no no <laughs> <laughs> But she existed in the Wonder Bar. She yes, would have been did, yes. like, you know, uh, everyone would have been in love with her and it would have been a beautiful yes. thing. And Sandra just sounds like the least American. Yes. Although it probably <laughs> isn't, but to us, it's just like. Yeah. Especially when you say Sandra. Sandra, yeah. Sandra, either. Yeah. I don't think there was, it's not the sort of name that you would associate with a love song, I yes. think, was the other thing, yes. just to try and make that work. Yeah. What's, the to- what's the Toto song? Rosanna, yeah, right. Rosanna, yeah. So, yeah, it's not. Although, again, <laughs> well, about a very different woman, though. Very had, different woman. Yeah, I think you woman. only had a choice between Sandra and Doreen. Ethel, Ethel would have been. We probably would have, would have, you know, workshopped. Uh, we probably would have written a few names down on a piece of paper and come up with the one that we thought was yeah. funniest. Uh, so, yeah. as, as you can hear in the background, we are coming to closing time for this album. Sad, I know. For this album. Um, do you remember the album launch for this? I'll be surprised if you do. Yes, because the <laughs> tennis was on, wasn't it? Yes. And that was a bit of a disaster. Yes, because it was... I think, I think they've changed the rules now, haven't they? But but oh, basically, sure. the final set can go, used to be able to go on forever. I think they've changed it It was now, at the recently. Bedford and Ballum. Bedford and Ballum, yes. I remember that. Yeah, it was yes. boring as... And was it, was it <laughs> Ivan Izovic and someone? I can't remember who it was now. Ivan Izovic, maybe? Someone like that. Was it Henman? No, no it wasn't him. No, 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 no. It might have been. Sport. It might have been Sampras. Um, I think it was Sampras. Sampras Ivanovic. Yeah, and it, and like the final, the final set was like was 65, 63 was or something. Yeah. It went on forever. Yeah, and, by the and, time we got to play, and we had to wait for that to finish because yeah. everyone was in the bar watching it, yeah. and we were at the Badford in uh, Badford in Bellum. Badford! The Badford in Bellum. I'm just going to call it the Badford in Bellum. We're at the Badford in Bellum. It's an amazing venue. And we had the back, well, we had to do it in a pub, right? That was the whole idea. Obviously, we had to do that launch and in the pub. And it's a great, it is a great venue in a pub, really famous. But I, I didn't, see, I forgot though, that if something like this happened with the tennis, then you guys were going to be in the pub all day, yes, drinking. Yes. And, and you came on about 15 hours late. Yeah, we That's were really, I couldn't remember any of the words. And you couldn't sing or remember any of the words. I remember any of the words. Yeah, Sorry, it was, it was, no, it was great. It was your worst gig ever and I loved every second of it. <laughs> <laughs> Do you remember that you did 
did a pretty spirited version of Hit Me With Your Rhythm Stick. Oh, yeah. Oh, no, yes. That that's times. right. You were yeah, doing it around that, nice. that time. You did it. That, yes. Yeah, we started yeah. doing that live because it's yeah. just that's such a fun tune to, yeah, to do yeah, live. Yeah. It's like we've never really done a cover version. So, yeah, um, yeah we just, what a, what a f- absolute belter. And I remember the words for that, weirdly. <laughs> an enormous amount. And it was, was fine. Couldn't remember any of those. Little, is it Little Johnny Harris or Little Timmy Harris? Little, little Wee Willie Harris. Wee Willie Harris. That's still it. in Of course there, it is. Wee Willie Harris. There. Of course it is. Let's get into some uh, closing time. Part one and two.
us imagine a world where we are all equal. We want to cook all the people a meal. We'll even do a vegetarian option using vegan flour and corn.
Okay, so we're nearly at the end of the show, Jim. It's I kind know. of time's it's just crept up on us. Quickly. The way it does. Yes, I know. When you're having fun, etc. Um, no, just uh, getting us up to date very quickly. We just heard a little bit of Pie Time, which was a tune that we featured on our twentieth compilation. It was a post, mm. um, a post uh, license premises tune for you guys. It was. And was it one? Um, you you toured around Japan quite a bit, didn't you? Mm. You got quite a, a fan base over there. Was it around yeah. that time that you wrote that and recorded that? I don't. You know, I don't. I'm not actually sure. I think probably after we got back, we went. I think three times in total. Maybe it was twice. Um, and yeah, we sort of started making album three, and then for for reasons we didn't get any further with it, and that was yeah. one of the tracks on that, and and it was it was finished, like completely mm. finished, mixed, mm. mastered, and it made sense for that to come out. On the so yeah, absolutely. And another track that was done around the same time was your cover version of Digadine. This what, Michelle Legrand. This tune that's playing in the yes, background. Yes, that bit of one. Yes, professional DJ. Yes. Uh, yes, absolutely. So and the, it's a cover. You're talking about cover versions. That you have done another cover version. I mean, it so isn't though, is it? Yeah. No. I mean, well, it literally, literally well, I mean, just uses the words Digadine. In ding, terms ding. of publishing, it is. But yeah, yes. Sadly. <laughs> um, yeah. So yeah, this is a sort of version of a, a, a reimagining of that yes, particular yes. track. Which we were re- requested to do by who and for reasons I have no memory. You got no recollection. <laughs> no, <none>. <laughs> Interview <laughs> techniques there. <laughs> so we have just released this on 12 inch vinyl. As I said, it has pretty much sold out everywhere. Maybe you can grab a copy somewhere there. I'm sure there's, I haven't looked yet. Probably some on Discogs for £500. Some on eBay. Yes, maybe on eBay. Um, but um, hopefully we're going to repress it. It's obviously available digitally as well. There's two reflex revisions. And um, the original version of Diggadin, which we haven't had time to play, which I also love, um, as in your original version. Thank you. Um, and <laughs> we've also stuck we've also stuck modern sleepover parts one and two on there because oh, they've never been on vinyl together before, and you can't get modern sleepover part one. I've really. got it. On yeah, but it's, you could probably get it on Discogs, but it's not available already. What you look confused? What's up? What's modern sleepover two? Robot. Robots return. Oh, you've yeah. The yeah. Right. No. It no. Was no. Always, it's still called it robots return. Modern sleepover. Robots return. Modern sleepover part two. So that is out now. Please check it out. As I say, there will hopefully be more vinyl. Big up to the reflex. We had to get a Frenchman to do this. Tune, obviously, yeah, that but was, they're great. He's great. Yeah, he's great. So good. Yeah. Was he wearing an helmet? He was, mate. Yes, <laughs> with a beret underneath. Um, thank you so much, Jim. Thank you so much, Rob. It was great having you in as well, pleasure. man. It, it made a lot of sense. On paper, made no sense. Well, but, I was going to say yeah. the but, other way around. But yeah, paper, really, 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 always going to work. <laughs> well, it worked completely then. Um, thanks, Jim. That yeah, was great. Thanks, man. Uh, we're going to try and work out a way to do uh, something else with you in the future. We should do like something where you're running and I'm just taking the piss out of you. Oh, brilliant! That sounds good. Yeah, I'll just. I'll, <laughs> I'm I'll, I'll, in musically, but okay, fine. Oh, okay, boring. <laughs> <laughs> I'll bring meat-based sandwiches. Perfect. <laughs> Take care, guys. Nice one. Thanks, Don.
listening to World War Radio. See you next time.